Welcome to the Old Bastard Martini Lunch. This is a show about advertising, design creatives, and of course, adult beverages. So this is the third and final installment with Jason Davis. We recorded a lot with him, but uh, and it was really tough to kind of narrow this down uh, just because he had to, so much to talk about. But on this episode, we really focus on one of his favorite hobbies, uh, something he used to do. And, you know, honestly, I'd like to see him get back into again in the future. Uh, home brewing. You like beer or maybe you're interested in uh, home brewing? Give it a listen. I think you'll find it really interesting. So join me at our booth at the back as we share our drinks and our stories about brewing beer. No, until you go big. Oh, yeah, me, yeah. As in you personally. Oh, yeah. After this episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> about, like, nothing my, but stardom. Yeah, my, uh, <laughs> my waistline. It's going big. <laughs> All these uh, wasted calories here. Hey, speaking of wasted calories, let's talk about beer. Yes, uh, and we're talking to who are we talking to? Jason Davis from yeah. Screen Inc. There you go. Owner, proprietor, mm-hmm. and printer, all-around smart guy. Yeah, technically president because it's a corporation. Oh, it's oh. president. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Not commandant. El presidente. <laughs> CEO. Yes. El presidente. <laughs> CEO. Your CEO. Okay. Cool. <laughs> He's so not amused by me. <laughs> Okay, let's talk beer. The mm, beans on to this. Let's yeah, let's talk beer. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so about the beer. So the martinis have been good, but Hi. yeah, I love beer. You love beer. Yeah. I don't feel like you love. So it. much so that you you make beer. Yes. Brew. I'm sorry. You brew, brew beer. beer. Yep. Yeah, I started brewing beer with the influence of a friend of mine, Bob Myers, who. The craft beer circle, people would say that he kind of came up with the recipe uh, for <clears throat> Spilker Ale's most successful beer, which was their, uh, like they don't, it's done now. He closed up the brewery, but his successful beer was Hapaluya. Hop, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to remember, apparently. But uh, and that was, a, I think, a successful beer for that that guy. Right. But Bobby kind of wet his feet, I think, crafting beers with this guy. He was really involved in home brewing, and he was a friend of mine through a mutual friend. And I went over to his house one day, and he was brewing in his garage, and I was just blown away. Like, the smell and the steam, and he had his own little walk-in cooler with beers on tap. And then he had this crappy old computer with this DOS-looking program that he was using to calculate all of his recipes. And I was just like, I need to do this. <laughs> you know? And that was the start of it. Um, and gosh, that would have been... 2005? Right. Maybe 2005. Uh, 
of course, two years ago, two and a half years ago, once Elliot was born, I really, I lost interest in brewing, but I was brewing all the time, and at my old house, which we were kind of talking about, uh, I had converted, I remodeled the basement, and I just made it this, basically like this basement brewery. So I had an electronic brewing system, and then our laundry room was kind of converted into this space where I could clean all my kegs and equipment. And then I bought a kegerator, and I ended up having eight tap handles down there, all with usually wow. rotating different beers. You know, homebrewers make five or ten gallons of beer, and that's what I did too. And so. If you brew 10 gallons of beer, you can split that batch and do different things with it in the keg or in fermenting, and then you have two different results. Uh, and so it was easy to keep that much beer on tap. And also, it was just a great place. You know, at that time, it was a great time in our lives, I think. We weren't quite ready to talk about kids yet, but my wife had landed a good job and Screen Inc. was doing pretty well. We had just bought this house. I plugged some money into remodeling the basement and like really invested in this hobby essentially. Like there was no other reason to remodel the basement sure. <laughs> other than to make it work for me so I could brew at home year round. Right. Yeah, it was your beer cave. Yeah. Before that, you know, home brewers are brewing in their garage or just out on a patio. And so you did a you know, a lot of the guys in the home brew club, the Lincoln Loggers here mm -hmm. in, in town, mm -hmm. they would do a lot of brewing in the summertime and try to have enough beer to, to last them through winter uh -huh. <laughs> now that they hibernate and just drink homebrew. But that was kind of like the mentality of some of them and it made sense. I mean, I kind of did the same thing. There were some winter brewing sessions where I kind of suffered. And there's styles of beer that you should brew and have available during this time period or leading into winter that it makes sense to brew at that time, right, or leading up to that, are they hardier, or why? Why does it make sense? Uh, it just has to do with the region that they're they're based from. I'm no expert in the history of beer, but you know, Oktoberfest uh -huh. is a thing uh, around the world. But it's basically just has to do with, I think, when certain beers are really appreciated and drank in Germany. And especially in the in the states, I think you think of these particular styles of beer in the fall when it starts to get cold, especially in the Midwest, and you've got this seasonal change, and the beers change from light and refreshing mm -hmm. when it's hot mm -hmm. to warm, a little bit grainier, maltier, right. and sometimes higher alcohol for that warmth. Mm -hmm. Right now. This kind of warmth here. <laughs> for that for forgetfulness. What, uh, uh, I guess so, as a home brewer, um, when you're working on your own stuff, how was, were you able to kind of perfect a recipe that was consistent and repeatable? You can, absolutely. And I could have, but there, I was so interested in making new recipes because uh, it's such a creative thing to do. Right. I mean, it's just like cooking, I think. If you really fell in love with cooking, even if you made a great dinner, 
you might not make it again. Right. Unless you just didn't want, like you didn't have the time to do something more fun. Uh, it's the same thing with, I think, brewing beer. Unless your end goal was to create a library of beers and start a brewery. And that definitely was on my mind for a period, uh, but quickly you know, became non-reality when the, my true business sense kicked in and <laughs> told me, like, don't, what are you doing? <clears throat> you already have a business, you know, start a new business. Uh, but also, the, there's so much more money involved in starting a brewery. Right. But, yeah, recipe formulation is probably my most fun, the, for me, the most fun part of brewing beer. The end product's really fun, and sharing it with people is equally as fun. Uh, but there's something about knowing what you should put in a recipe to make it absolutely true to what these guidelines, and there are guidelines mm -hmm. for, for all facets of beer, Yep. all craft beer. Like, It's fun to decide what you want to change as you learn more about what you can put in beer mm -hmm. and what's available for beer uh, and that to me just became this fascinating world of experimentation and doing it in my basement you know late nights and weekends without kids was just <clears throat> amazing so a lot of fun times for about gosh almost a decade where I was just brewing tons of beer and enjoying it with friends. Uh, I never really got interested in sending it off to competitions. Right. Uh, that only happened once, and that's because Imperian Brewing Company has a thing where you can sign up for a competition that they used to host. I don't know if they do it anymore. And they actually gave you most of the ingredients for free. Oh, wow. And there were 21 people that were chosen. They do it four times a year, so seasonally. And quarterly you brew the beer and then there's this like hidden secret judging kind of the official judging by right. certified mostly certified beer judges like okay, like mostly certified <laughs> and they trim the fat i say mostly because cuz you don't know it's secret right <laughs> well and back then there just really weren't a lot of certified beer judges in in lincoln or the surrounding right. area uh, I had won their best in show, you could call it. They just thought my beer was the best of these 21 entrants. What was it? Even though I didn't move on to win, and that, you know, the end-all be-all is... So they trim it, trim the fat, and only 10 people get to actually serve their beer to the public. Mm -hmm. And it's this... It's supposed to be this kind of, like, blind judging, but you could go there because your friend brewed beer and vote for your friend just as mm -hmm. easily. Like, it's not really blind. Yeah. So the, what was really special to me was these certified judges and people that maybe didn't know who I was mm -hmm. decided this was a really great beer. Uh, and I still did pretty good with the public, but I didn't win. Right. But what you win is you get to brew your beer with the head brewer or a brewer at Empyrean, and then they put it on tap in their restaurants. Mm -hmm. And they give you five gallons in a keg. Right. Or they used right. to. I don't know if they can anymore. The liquor commission's really cracked down on home brewing and craft beer. Uh, so 
also at that time what they would do was they would pay for your registration to submit it on a national level, your homebrew. And so I sent it off and it did pretty good regionally, which is like the first round of judging. Right. And I got, I think, second place in this category of beer. Only first place goes on to the finals. Right. So like it, it was ne it maybe wasn't just this perfect beer, but it was also in a complicated category where which which was what? Yeah, I was gonna say what's yes. the category yeah. and, and what was yes. your beer? Yes. I'll tell you in a moment. No, I'm oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, man, what a tease. Spring right. us along. Thanks for listening. No, it was a it's was a smoked beer. Mm-hmm. And usually people think of like this intense, smoky, high alcohol or moderately high alcohol beer. But I smoked what's called a Munichellis, which is a pretty low alcohol beer, light beer. Right? Like more of like a session thing? So you, you could call it a session beer. I would I would just say it's like the German equivalent of, you know, kind of like what everyone likes to drink in America. Mm-hmm. Like a bud but heavy. Right. Uh, but I smoked it because they gave us smoked malt. And I was mm. like, well, let's see what we can do with this. Because mm-hmm. those were the parameters with this this challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, one thing I didn't mention was they, with every, every quarterly beer quest, is what it's called, there was a specific style of beer and you had these parameters. And so... If I recall with this one, and this was felt like forever ago, but you had to either use the smoked malt or there was another type of like odd malt that you had to incorporate. And I'm pretty sure Imperium just kind of like takes malts they weren't happy with and they were like, give this to the hunger. <laughs> yeah. And let's see if what they figure out, you know. Well, uh, I, all kind of joking aside, I do like tie that back to that idea of designers and screen printing is like you give somebody these parameters what can you do with this sort of situation yes and how creative can you be with this and th- and i think that's what makes beer quest so great and they've been doing it for a number of years it's just recently until recently it was so fun and i really enjoyed participating and i've participated multiple times since then and have won it and brewed at Empyrean, a different type of beer. Right. Uh, but this this is the only one that I've actually sent off to be judged on a national level. Right. And in retrospect, I wish I would have just sent all of my beers off because all you have to do is just like take a couple bottles and ship them. Right. Mm-hmm. What's the cost? Just the shipping, and then there might be an entry fee of you know five or ten bucks. I don't remember. Wow. Oh, wow. That's what? That's cheaper than like design and advertising That's awards. No oh, yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But the competition must be crazy. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm with... sure the judges hate like, oh, I got to drink smoked like Smoked beers. Yeah, 12 yeah, right. smoked beers okay. and then, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Like I've, I've never really, this is terrible for a small business owner to say, especially in a, like a competitive industry, but I just don't have a super competitive spirit. <laughs> what? I find that hard to believe. Like I, I'm controlling and specific, and uh, I, I really like to, to, to sort of m- manipulate things that I can control and 
analyze the outcome, but I don't really care what anybody else thinks about it in a way, in a way. Obviously, from a business standpoint, that's different. Like, I absolutely care what the customer thinks of what I'm doing. <laughs> but when it comes to a hobby, you know, I was just like, who cares? Like, this isn't, this is for me. Right. And uh, all that I cared about was the face-to-face -face feedback from my friends and people that I'd share it with. Right. You know. But I will say that there are professional brewers in town who who I helped become home brewers. And I've watched them learn and grow and send off their beers and win a lot of awards. Right. And and now they are professional brewers, you know. But um, that competition is fierce, though. You know, like... Yeah. The, the home brewers that become professional brewers and then the microbrews and all of the different kinds of interesting brews that are out there that's really really competitive it's competitive but it's just such such an odd i guess the the formula for the competition is so much different than i think anything that we've dealt with in our industries in that it has a lot to do with well it has a lot to do with branding and then a lot to do Does with it? distribution I think so. That seems weird in that you're getting, here is a beer, judge this beer. Do you look at the label and consider distribution or you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to taste this and taste this uh, and taste this. Well, judging is one you... thing. But, oh, okay, okay, sorry. But as yeah. a, from a business standpoint, it's another. Okay, okay. So it's just like packaging any yes. any product. Mm, yeah, the, the first thing you see is the bottle. All right, yeah, the yeah. packaging sells the product. Yeah, Whether you guys was, are right. I'm the bartender. So. You know, <laughs> something to consider is like you can't, you can't. No one takes a six pack of beer back to the store. Like this is defective. This and I've had a lot of defective beer just that unfortunate made? Oh, experiences with craft beer, mm -hmm. where I didn't want to drink it or didn't drink it. I gave it away, or it just sits in the fridge for your friends to try, or whatever. Right. You don't say anything. Party, you you want to like, see what they hey, do. Yeah. Yeah. You, you totally try yeah. and get rid of Ev it. Everyone is going to influence yeah. your perception of the flavors of a beer if you, you, know, if you want to really chat with people about, about the beer and, and figure out the limitations of your palate, let's say, and maybe things you're missing in a beer or whatever. There's also a lot of flaws that you learn about with beer because you're brewing it, just like with cooking or whatever. What do you like? What styles of beer? Or yeah, you know I love hoppy <laughs> beers, but I really like saisons uh, and sour beer. Oh, yeah. what's your favorite right fan. now? Sour beer? Like, is there a brand that you really like or a? Uh, so saisons. I have a, it's a fairly broad range in flavor profile, mm -hmm. I think, and again, I don't, I don't think I'm an expert in, in craft beer, but I know what I like, and the, it all has to do with the yeast strain, for mm -hmm. the most part. Uh, IPAs, it all has to do with the hops you use. And it's just fun to try new beers and 
see how balanced or imbalanced they are. With hoppy beers, they're trying to balance the bitterness of the hops with the sweetness of the grain, um, or not, right. and just give you that bitter punch. With saisons, they want a really clean, well, in most cases, they want a fairly clean grain profile with maybe some sweetness or subtleties that add to the complexity of what's going on with the yeast. I'm, I'm interested in this because I know a lot of folks that are really into beer and they're really into that hops component, whereas I have a hard time getting where they're coming from. I get it, like, uh, it's like drinking pine tar, you know, <laughs> and I get thirstier the more I drink it. It's not my thing, so that's where... Yeah, there's so much to toy with, yeah, but still allowed to be classified in those two categories. You know, hoppy beers, IPAs, yeah. there's a gazillion of them, and they all taste a little different. A lot of them are, I mean, we could just say they're not great, uh, in my opinion. Uh, just failed attempts, and part of that, I think, is just this like exploding culture of this interest in craft beer and everyone's starting up a brewery, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, in Lincoln, if you think about it. There are tons. When I started homebrewing, there was like Empyrean and Spilker, and I don't even know if there was a third one. And now, th throughout this time that I've homebrewed and thought about, like, I should start a brewery, they just kept popping up. <laughs> There's... I remember Zipline opening up and they contacted us about shirts, and Marcus and I hit it off. We were just talking about beer a lot, and was super pumped about that relationship. And we even talked about me going over there and helping with brewing. Uh, and that never happened, obviously. That was just a really busy moment in my time and life with, with Screen Inc. Whereas now I start to think, you know, oh, timing was off, but it would be so fun to be able to like wrangle a gig brewing part-time sure because I know I would have a lot to contribute yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and I would thoroughly enjoy it but at oh. the same time if they were smart they would probably see you know maybe like a, per a personality type that might be there to learn a lot and take that knowledge to do to become a competitor mm -hmm. and that's me that might just be me thinking yeah, you're paranoid, man. <laughs> Being paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. For for a non-competitor, you're really competitive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. I, yes. Um, I gotta get you guys out of here. We're get, we're getting late. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Okay, hey, another great show with Jason. This was great because I got to learn a lot more about uh, home brewing from a guy that's obviously very passionate about it. Um, like to see him get back into it again because I know it was uh, something he was into for quite a while. Uh, not that, you know, uh, fatherhood isn't important either, but it's, uh, you know, certainly takes up a lot of time. Uh, thanks again, finally, to Naveen for one more show, wrapping it all up there. I think she did a great job sitting in for me, and uh, can't say the same of my abilities for uh, uh, taking over for Ryan Holt's duties there. You know, if you want to know more about Jason and his beer, 
Well, you're going to have to ask him because he doesn't have anything online. But if you want to know more about uh, Screen Inc., his company, uh, you can find their website. It's ScreenInc.com, and that's I-N-K, not I-N-C. And you can learn a lot more about uh, the sorts of services that they provide. You know, if you enjoy the show, go to iTunes, rate it, review it, subscribe it. We've got a five-star status so far, and uh, if you're not happy with that and you want to drive those ratings down, feel free to hop on there and uh, let us know that we're really doing a shitty job in here. Uh, Give us a one-star review. No, don't do that. Ryan would be uh, devastated. I mean, feel free to write it in the notes that I'm doing a terrible job, but I don't think Ryan, uh, his, his fragile psyche just couldn't handle the blow. But that, and he's probably actually a lot better uh, bartender than the show reflects as well. So anyway, you can follow the show on Twitter at Bastard Martini. You can visit the website, oldbastardmartinilunch.com. And uh, that's where I keep show notes and recipes. I'll be back next week with uh, a surprise guest, uh, somebody that wasn't on the schedule, but Ryan was able to round up. Uh, turned into a pretty fun show. We'll let you listen and see what you think. Uh, Until then, have another martini. I know I will.